say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned you win. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who wet. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much for being here. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Of course, uh, today happens to be Tuesday. It's April 25th, 2023, and some of the biggest news, thing that just about everybody wants to talk about, just about the only thing that anyone is talking about, is the parting of company between Tucker Carlson and Fox News. Uh, it was a big news item yesterday, of course, Mondays, when we all found out, we all heard it, it was a bit of a bombshell. But not at all unexpected. Not really. I mean, I, I t have a hard time believing that I'm better informed or that I have better sources than anybody else in the business. But I've been hearing rumblings uh, that Tucker and Fox News were probably going to be parting company uh, relatively soon anyway. I don't never paid much attention to those particular uh Rumors, because they were exactly that. And I don't like to come on the air with rumors, unsubstantiated. I mean, I sure, the earliest days of the podcast, I occasionally would uh, pick on stories that I knew to be 
uh, well, what's a good word? I mean, they, they weren't total rubbish, but they were, uh, they weren't flat out lies. They weren't meant to be fabrications. They weren't exactly, uh, wasn't exactly satire either, but. At any rate, I would take some of these stories that were somewhat satirical, that were exaggerations, that were kind of over the top, and I would try to talk to you as if it was straight news, just to see who all was paying attention. And I was so very proud of almost every single one of you guys, especially in the earliest days, because you called me out on it so quick that very rarely did I even get through the story. They're like, hey, wait a minute, this... This is a BS story. This is not real. We, we know this is not real. And I'm so glad that we did that. And I gave the hat tips after the fact. Usually reached out via social media to the folks that were uh, saying so. Uh, congratulating them and wanting to uh, wanting to wait at least a couple of weeks till everybody had a chance to, to listen to the podcast version. Uh, just to see what the general reactions would be. And again, I was so very proud of this audience. You guys were really good at that. Uh, so be that as it may, uh, when it comes to actual discussion and reporting on things, I don't jump on the rumor train, or at least I try not to. Uh, in fact, I've gotten kind of reluctant to even do hot takes because... There's always more information that's that's forthcoming. And so that's why I'm not really going to get too in-depth with the Tucker Carlson storyline. You're getting plenty of that discussion anywhere elsewhere. I don't feel like I need to go into it. It's not like it's an area of expertise. I'll simply tell you what I've been saying in some of the chat rooms and some of the other places that I've been uh, the last couple of days. And that is clearly Tucker Carlson's going to be all right. Don Lemon, who was also fired on Monday, is probably going to struggle for a while. He may eventually be okay, too. I don't know. I tend to think of him as being a bit more toxic and a little more difficult to deal with. But I know Tucker's going to be fine. Part of the reason why he's going to be fine is because he is a unique talent. He is a top-tier guy. He is a an A-lister. He has the ability to command media around him. He has the ability to create stories of his own. He has a way of bringing to you the notion, the idea that journalism is supposed to be contrary. That journalists are supposed to ask the question. That journalists are supposed to, forgive the term, Play devil's advocate. Even when you're amongst allies, amongst friends, you're supposed to ask the hard questions. You're supposed to make your friends feel uncomfortable. And Tucker Carlson took no prisoners. He leaned more libertarian than I particularly would have liked. Uh, I found myself often disagreeing with a lot of his hot takes. Uh, and he was, much to his benefit for the purpose of drawing his audience, a bit undisciplined. Now, that's clearly a constructive criticism because it didn't hurt him in any way. And it's not meant to be negative, and I'm certainly not trying to attack him. I, I don't feel like I'm in a position to attack him anyway, and I doubt that he'd feel very threatened, but I just want to clarify, that's not my intent here. 
I do believe that Tucker can write his own ticket. And there's been a lot of folks that have been reaching out to him. Uh, you had Glenn Beck reach out almost immediately over at the Blaze. Evidently, they're friends. I don't expect him to end up at the Blaze, but I suppose it's possible. Uh, I would be surprised if Daily Wire didn't make a play. Uh, I know that Newsmax and One American News and a few other outlets have made their intentions clear that they're interested in have him come on board. But quite honestly, I think Tucker would be better off to build his own platform, a la Glenn Beck with The Blaze and Shapiro and Jeremy Boring with uh, Daily Wire, something along those lines. And let's not forget that he had a very strong connection and was one of the co-founders of The Daily Caller. And who knows, he may rekindle that relationship to a degree. Uh, with some minor tweaks of that platform, he could very easily run his own show from there. But regardless of what happens, I think he needs to be independent, at least reasonably so. And I don't think he'll have any difficulty acquiring sponsors. I don't think he'll uh, have any trouble making money. I mean, when you look at what Megyn Kelly's done. When you look at what Bill O'Reilly's done, uh, I certainly can look at Glenn Beck. Uh, these are people that have taken their audience with them. They went and did their own thing where they're complete control. They have full editorial control. They do what they want to do at this point, and they don't have any corporate mentality trying to push them down. And they've all done quite well, that particular group of folks. And uh, there's just no question. Now, a lot of people are also saying, oh, this, is a, this is the end of Fox News, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Fox News is on the decline. They're already in a downward spiral, and they have been for a bit. In fact, one of the few things that was slowing that decline at all was Tucker Carlson. And the only thing that Fox News has going for it right now, as far as its continued survival, is the fact that its competition are all terrible. They're horrible. They average three and a half viewers per whatever show you're watching. It's ridiculous. I do think there's a lot more to the story. that We're going to be able to get to a point where we won't necessarily have to speculate because news broke today that both Tucker and Don Lemon hired the same high-powered attorney who specializes in end-of-contract negotiations. His specialty is going in for celebrities in particular who had uh, contracts with folks, going in there and getting their money as they were due, and possibly even a little extra. It's kind of, well, if you're going to buy me out of my contract, Here's what else I need you to do. Something tells me a lot is going to come out of the uh, the behind-the-scenes inside baseball stories, if you will. So we'll see what happens there. I'm going to withhold getting too far into my thoughts as far as what's actually going on there. Uh, I Like a lot of you, I thought it was kind of odd timing that uh, just recently Dan Bongino had uh, bounced out. But uh, Dan Bongino uh, still insists that it was all a matter of contract. They couldn't come up with a contract. And, you know, I've got no reason not to believe Dan when he says that, and I don't think that any of his listeners are going to not believe him when he says it. So he says it was uh, all amical, 
well, they all parted company, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, good for them. I'm glad that it's not the same kind of thing going on. I do think that, uh, like I said, we're going to find out a lot more. So there's not a lot of reason to speculate. But here's the thing. Always keep in mind, Rupert Murdoch, who created his little empire, he's not a conservative by any means, but he is a businessman who understood here was a niche that was not being taken care of. Uh, conservatives needed a news outlet. He was intent on providing that because nobody else was going to do it. He's not dedicated to the ideas other than profitability. He wants to make money. Letting Tucker go uh, in this fashion, at this point in time, risks profitability. So there has to be some other profit margin in play. But as we know, Rupert is not handling the day-to-day -day operations anymore. He still has a major say in what happens. But it's his sons that are basically handling day-to-day -day operations. And neither one of them have ever liked Fox News. They are absolutely uber leftist and they do not like even the concept of Fox News. They want to change it to something more akin to the normal, regular, mainstream legacy media. And that does seem to be the path that Fox News appears to be on. Uh, is this the death knell for Fox News? No, not yet. Should you continue to cancel your subscriptions to uh, Fox Nation? I mean, you got to decide that for yourself. There are some other solid conservative voices that are still part of the network, and they're certainly still part of the uh, digital platform. But uh, at the same time, you should express your unhappiness at this decision. You should let them know that they are abandoning the base that they help build, that they help to create. And if that's how you decide you want to make that point clear, then by all means. And once you do cancel your subscription to, uh, to the uh, streaming service there, be sure to turn around and take that same money and, and sign up for another digital streaming service. Somebody that is not going to abandon conservative ideas. Uh, someone who actually embraces them and defends them and went digital for the express purpose of making sure that they didn't have to answer to some corporate spineless jellyfish. Someplace like the Daily Wire. Someplace like The Blaze. Uh... Hell, maybe even BillOReilly.com. Whatever you want to do. Just make sure that you don't withdraw those funds from the fight. If you've signed up for Fox Nation and you feel like they no longer bring you everything that, uh, everything that you signed up for, then take those dollars somewhere else. Keep them in the fight. Keep those dollars helping to supply that parallel economy. Even if all you do is go buy stock in Rumble, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, that's just where I'm at. All right, we got some news stories we need to get to, and I've already talked about this longer than I had expected. There's some actual news going on, and we need to get to some of it. But before we do, I need to warn you about what's going on in China. 
Yeah, I know. We talk about China a lot. China's doing a lot of things, and none of them are generally good for the United States of America or the people that tend to live here. However, the specifics that I'm talking about here is the fact that they're hoarding a massive amount of food. They're soon going to have somewhere around two-thirds of the world's corn reserves, about half of the world's rice reserves, and about half of the world's wheat. So, what is it that China knows that we don't? Well, as you've heard me say a few times at this point, when it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. They are the world's number one importer of food. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed, and they're not going to take any chances of civil panic, civil unrest. They're not going to take any chances of eventually an uprising of the Chinese people that the uh, CCP won't be able to put down. So they're going to keep their people fed, at least well enough to keep them from rioting. So then you may ask the very fair question, what does that mean for average, everyday Americans like you and me? Well, two words, my friends, two words, food shortages. And that's why it'd be a really, really good idea, really smart idea, if you decided to go ahead and start stocking up on some of the kits of the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Foods. That's right, you can create your own stockpile of the Four Patriot Survival Food Kits. Best-selling, by the way. Hand-packed. Right here in the United States of America, these kits are compact. They stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. We've got a ton of five-star reviews. Just absolutely raving about the flavor. And that's because they taste great. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing in the code TAP. That's T-A-P-P at checkout. You just go to 4Patriots.com, use code TAP to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food. In fact, honestly, if you use the code TAP, T-A-P-P, you can get 10% off your first order on literally anything in the 4Patriot store. But... Right now, I really, really want you to take the steps necessary to make sure that you have what you need, and that starts with food. So, go visit the number 4patriots.com, that's 4patriots.com, and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. Get that 10%, you can use it. And while I'm on the topic, I... Uh, wanted to discuss with you the fact that, uh, yes, recently, I did receive my Four Patriots sidekick. And I've had it out of the box now, came fully charged, and I've been using it uh, for the things that they tell you that it's intended for. I've been using it to keep my laptop going. Uh, in fact, it's running it right now. I've been using it to charge up my phone. Uh, you know, just little things. I was running a, a radio that I had for a couple of hours the other day. And so far, I haven't even gotten below 88% of the battery charge. Now, this is after nearly a week of using it to some degree for every day. And I'm trying to use it in accordance to what they say its typical uses are for. The sidekick's not designed to be some major uh, power saver. It's basically just a, a backup battery that's able to 
to do a lot of different things, but, you know, I'm really impressed with how it's holding up. I'm trying to run it down so that I can actually break out the solar panel and, and charge it using uh, the sun to see how that part works. So I'll keep you guys updated with how it's working, but so far, I'm extremely pleased with it. And this is just the sidekick. So imagine what some of the uh, four Patriot, uh, the Patriot power generators actually are the ones that are bigger units that are designed to operate larger equipment, refrigerators. And again, none of these things are meant to be whole house solutions, but these are solar powered, which means you can recharge them. You don't need gas. You don't have to worry about carbon monoxide poison. They're all freaking fantastic. But like I said, I'll keep you guys updated. Uh, as we go, at some point, I would imagine I will be able to charge this up. But anyway, that being said, what do you say? We actually get to one of these news stories before I'm halfway through the first hour and haven't got anywhere. All right. I mentioned earlier that there was some other things going on probably worth talking about. So let's turn our eyes to the great state of Texas and the fact that law enforcement officials there had to shut down an Antifa counter-protest. Ah, yes, it does my heart good to see the fine folks of law enforcement putting the jackboot right back on the brown shirts. And even though Antifa technically wears black, they are still just brown shirts, and I think they know it for the most part. Anyway, law enforcement officials with the Fort Worth Police Department shut down an Antifa protest, well, counter-protest, actually. Looking at these Antifa agitators, they did this over the weekend. Uh, they were counter-protesting a small group of demonstrators from the organization Protect Texas Kids, who, of course, were protesting a drag show event. Now, important to note that this drag show event was being performed in front of minors. It was being uh, presented, promoted as being family-friendly. Uh, sorry, guys. I don't care how you feel about drag and drag performers. There's nothing family-friendly about the over-sexualization uh, that is presented within most drag shows. And I say most because I haven't seen enough of them to, to say that there may not be some that don't. There may not be. There may be some that aren't. I, I'm not familiar with any of them, however. Every performance I've seen has been a ridiculous exaggeration with the absolute intent of creating titillation for those who have a unique form of kink. And, you know, within the proper adults venues, that becomes your business. So that's fine. You do you. Uh, your business is your business. Don't make it mine, right? I, I think most conservatives feel that way. And I think most people, whether you're conservative or not, probably feels that way. You take care of your business, and as long as it's not mine and you don't make it my business, we're good. So take your adult entertainments and keep it in an adult venue and keep it away from the eyes of children. Because children do not need to be exposed to hypersexuality. When you do that, no matter what your intent is, you are in fact engaging in grooming. Oh no, he said that naughty word again. Everybody on the left, their head just exploded. 
It's just like, oh, he said grooming again. I'm not the first person to use the word. I'm not going to be the last person to use the word. And as long as it's accurate, you're not going to bully me away from saying it. And that's what's happened. Grooming. Anyway, the Protect Texas Kids were there protesting the drag event. Uh, they, the group, the Protect Texas Kids, they arrived at a restaurant on Sunday to stage their demonstration at the event that was across the street when the counter-protesters showed up all dressed in black, because, you know, they are Antifa. They are the undescribable, unknowable people fighting against fascism, using fascism to do it. You know, uh, fighting fire with fire. Yeah, at least that's their justification. But they showed up dressed in black. They were wearing helmets and outer tactical vests, and a lot of them were armed with handguns and long guns. Uh, I mean, it is Texas, so hey, all right, even the leftists are fairly well armed. And I'm okay with that, as long as they're not drawing those weapons on anyone in a fashion that would be illegal. I certainly believe in your Second Amendment rights to own those firearms and to carry those firearms, as long as you're not engaging in criminal activity, right? Anyway, the Fort Worth Police Department monitored both groups using city cameras. The department said that while they respect everyone's constitutional rights to free speech and assembly, they are also focused on ensuring there is, quote, a safe environment with respects all participants' constitutional rights, while effectively maintaining public peace and order. Those who choose to violate the law and assault others will be arrested and charged. Okay, I, that actually seems like the expected goal of law enforcement in this country. So again, I'm okay with that statement as long as they're actually living up to it and doing so without prejudice for one side or the other. You know, if one side's the side of getting violent and then the other side defends itself, I want to see that reflected in how they handle it. Now, does that mean they don't take both sides into custody? Uh, in order to clean things up, maybe they have to. But you sort it out legally, and as long as the people that were just defending themselves uh, are treated as such and the people that were the instigators that did the violence and attacked and elevated it and they're treated as such then I think we've accomplished the goal. But maintaining peace and, and that tranquility on the streets, as best you can have when you have a protest and a counter-protest ongoing, uh, you know, that should be the primary goal of the police department, and that appears to be what they're talking about here. So during the event, officers observed a member of the counter-protest group later identified as 20-year-old Samuel Falks, they saw this guy, dressed in black, wearing a helmet and a tactical vest, approach the Protect Texas Kids protesters and spray them with pepper spray. So he attacked them. He assaulted them. And evidently, based on the descriptions and based on the video footage that I've seen, essentially unprovoked. Now, some folks on the left were saying, but they were saying mean things, and that's what provoked it. 
sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going to say that in the, the great state of Texas, the way it used to be in the rest of the country, the old adage of sticks and stones comes into play. Now, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. So you can say whatever you want to. I've got thick skin. Go ahead and say it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Are you going to get a rise out of me? Are you going to get me to, to do something I shouldn't do based on riling me up? Not if I'm showing up to an event like this, because I should be expecting it. I should be disciplined enough to legally protest or legally counter-protest. And if I'm not disciplined enough to do that, then my happy backside should be staying at the house. At any rate, they saw this Samuel guy walk up, pepper spray some of the uh, Protect Texas Kid protesters. And then when the police tried to arrest him, he allegedly began to evade officers and then swung his closed fist at officers who tried to stop him. So, in other words, he tried to get away, he resisted arrest, he tried to assault an officer. While the officers were attempting to put good old Samuel into handcuffs, another member from the Antifa group, later identified as 33-year-old Christopher uh, Gallot, interfered with the officers' efforts by swinging an umbrella, uh, essentially, again, assaulting these police officers. This guy struck an officer in the face, and was then placed under arrest as well, as well he should be. So again, nothing wrong with what's going on to this point. This is kind of the general rule. You mess with the police, and then the police are going to take you into custody. And of course, what these Antifa folks are finding out is that, uh, well, you know, you don't get to do the same things that you get to do as Antifa in New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, uh, they tend not to put up with the same amount of bovine excrement. So anyway, while officers were trying to place both Samuel and then our good friend Christopher under arrest, backup was called to help secure the scene. Police then instructed the remainder of the counter-protesters to stay back on the sidewalk, at which time a third counter-protester, later identified as 37-year-old Megan Grant, attempted to charge past the Fort Worth Police Department officers multiple times to gain access to Samuel and Christopher. You know, we tried to save our people. We gotta save them. Police tried to keep Miss Grant back, but she allegedly did not comply and was then also taken into custody. The remainder of folks then kind of uh, backed up. Kind of decided that their three compatriots were on their way to jail and they didn't want to follow. Uh, we had Samuel, who was charged with assault causing bodily injury uh, times four. In other words, he assaulted four different people. He was charged with evading arrest, uh, resisting arrest, and assault on a police officer. Uh, Christopher was charged with interference with public duties and assault on a peace officer. And then our good friend, Miss Grant, was charged with interference with public duties and resisting arrest. 
and uh you know so ends the terrible horrible very no good day for antifa counter protesting in fort worth texas ah if only every police department handled their antifa problems with the same level of gumption and focus all right let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break we're just a, a smidge late like i said i talked a little too long at the top about the Tucker Carlson thing, which I really don't have much to say about. You guys don't go anywhere. I will be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Regime leader Joe Biden wants to send hundreds of U.S. troops to Somalia, but is absolutely not interested in protecting we the people from the United States southern border invasion. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, it is most frustrating to witness regime leader Biden and Congress get away with dereliction of duty. They remind me of government school educators who no longer properly instruct students, but instead indoctrinate students against their God-given sex and stunt them intellectually. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution states that Congress is to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. So far, with the exception of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaines, and a few others in Congress, there has been almost no worthy effort by Congress or the Biden regime to stop the awful global invasion of over 1.5 million illegal border crossers streaming into our republic through the southern border since October of 2021. It is my opinion that government officials should be relieved of their duties if... Their policies undermine the safety and security of our republic, such as Biden's has done with his open borders policy. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to theronedwards.com. Being stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. 
This is Sim Tap, the ever so humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear right here, J Star and the Vera Networks, Fridays, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Introducing Einstock. Drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. Hello, America. This is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap Into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, a few housekeeping matters to take care of. 
First and foremost, I want to give a extra shout out to Ken Crow, who has, in fact, posted my most recent article over at Conservative Daily Briefing. In fact, I suppose I should probably go ahead and put a link in the show description for those of you listening to the podcast so you can go check it out. Uh, also, uh, we played the uh, headliner about being on the Vera Network and K-Star Talk Radio Network. Well, starting not this coming Friday, but the Friday after that, we're probably going to have to cut a new liner to cover that because it appears, and I don't want to jinx it, so we'll make we'll wait till this coming Friday to make an official announcement. But right now, it certainly looks like there's nothing standing in the way between tap into the truth and a new network platform that will also be carrying the live Friday night show. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as we extend the audience a little bit wider, casting that net, bringing on more listeners and more live audience, and giving a little more bang for the buck uh, for our sponsors. So uh, we will continue to do that. Um, let's see what else was there I wanted to mention. Uh, Einstock. Yeah. Einstock beer, great stuff right now. Really digging myself some of the, uh, <clears throat> some of the white L. They have coriander and orange peel as part of the craft flavor profile there. And it is very much in season right now. If you can go pick up some Einstock, uh, you don't have to worry about being involved with the culture war fight going on between beers. You don't have to drink like a little girl. You don't have to drink like a guy who thinks he's a little girl. You should drink like a Viking. So conquer, drink, repeat. That's all I can say. Uh, just drink, conquer, repeat. That's that's It's more than a tagline. It's a way of life. Einstock beer. Check it out. Now, a uh, quick reminder. Uh, I do the read, reading scripts for the uh, show sponsors. That currently is for Patriots.com and Gold Co. Uh, the uh, rolling ads in the, uh, the middle, whether we're talking about today, that would be Beanstalks, uh, Instock, uh, Second Skull Later, and Boone's Bourbon. Those are companies that I have an equity stake in. So they're not paying me anything. I've bought into them, but I have a vested interest in their success. So naturally, I want to bring uh, brand awareness to you for this. I just want to make sure that everybody knows and understands the ongoing relationships there. All right, is that fair enough? We got everything covered. Uh, let's get to the next story before I run out of time, because I do try to stay on track, believe it or not. Uh, anyway. Here's one uh, that kind of caught my attention and that right now very few people are talking about. It would appear that the ACLU, a.k.a. the American Civil Liberties Union, is currently suing the state of Missouri. And, of course, we all remember the ACLU being the defenders of everyone's civil liberties, standing up, doing what was right, protecting those that needed legal protections, whether they agreed with what they were doing or not. They were heroes for anyone that believed in free speech and free expression. 
now they're a bunch of leftists that just want to silence conservatives and want to fight against conservative values and want to promote everything that is of the left. And this is another really good example of exactly that, you know, just in case you were doubting. So, the ACLU is suing the great state of Missouri over an emergency rule regulating, you guessed it, sex change operations on minors. Yes, Lambda Legal, the ACLU of Missouri, and Brian Cave Leighton, LLP, sued on Monday to block this brand new emergency rule, which is scheduled to take effect starting uh, Tuesday. That's actually today, uh, time of the live broadcast. Uh, the suit's defendants are Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who has released language for a new rule that identifies sex change operations as experimental and cites significant side effects. Now, I don't know that we can really constitute this as being experimental at this point. They know exactly what they're up to and what they're doing. But regardless, this was the legal avenue Missouri took. The Missouri regulation requires patients to be informed of several facts regarding sex change treatments, including that the FDA has not actually approved any puberty blocker drugs or sex or cross-sex hormones to treat gender dysphoria, which is perfectly okay because we're not actually talking about gender dysphoria. We're talking about a social contagion. But I know when I say something like that, I get booted off YouTube. Not, not that I've actually been on YouTube and for freaking ever, but uh, if I was, I would get banned for that. And at this point, no more warnings, no more uh, five-day uh, bans, no more 30-day bans. Just that's it. Your channel's done. So I don't put anything up over there. In fact, the only thing that I've done even recently was an attempt to do a clip of a previous show to try and draw traffic back to one of the shows. I don't think it did very well, either, but that's another story. So, let's continue. So, Missouri requires these things, and it seems important things to point out to people. It also requires that the uh, patients and parents be informed that the FDA has warned that puberty blockers can lead to brain swelling and blindness, which, you know, actually are legitimate side effects that can happen, uh, which, of course, means that all of the folks on the left don't want you to know that it's a possibility. They want you to believe that if somebody says that, well, that's misinformation, that's disinformation, that's hate speech, that's blatant bigotry, that is part of the transgender apocalypse. That is the language they're using, right? I mean, they've already blown past genocide, and now it's an apocalypse, right? Right? Or, or am I a little early to that? No, it's next week that they finally move past the genocide. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a little early. Anyway, this particular lawsuit alleges that <clears throat> the emergency rules attempt to regulate medical and mental health care in Missouri is counter to and misrepresents the medical and scientific knowledge base surrounding gender dysphoria and gender-affirming care. Okay, 
a great accusation, a very nice allegation. It sounds like you've got a legitimate reason to go to court, except that's not exactly true, is it? In fact, that's not even close to true. How does it misrepresent the medical and scientific knowledge base? It le literally requires patients to be informed of things that might actually happen should you undergo these and I'm going to use air quotes here, treatment. And you're certainly getting treated. Uh, you're getting the business. You're getting roughed up. You're getting changed forever uh, for no apparent reason other than these people didn't get to cash in on it. But as far as the knowledge base surrounding gender dysphoria, uh, Everything we've got knowledge-wise there from decades of research indicates that nothing that these people are pushing actually is very helpful in the treatment. And everybody keeps just glossing over the fact that this emergency rule, much like laws that have been passed in Florida and Tennessee and Arkansas and in Alabama and, and in other locations uh, similar to that, uh, these laws are generally focusing primarily, um, in fact, almost exclusively, on protecting children, protecting minors. And I don't think that you can just gloss over that point and have an accurate picture of what they're really trying to do. It's literally like this gay pride parade that uh, they decided to cancel just the other day because the local uh, law enforcement and the local county authorities said, okay, here's the deal. You can have your event, but you cannot do the, uh, <laughs> you can't do all the hypersexualization. You can't be exposing yourselves. Uh, you can't wear the chaps. And you know the ones I'm talking about in public, you know, where that's essentially all that's there and you're exposing your derriere. Uh, you can't uh, show, um, Artificial adult toys. Is that a, a reasonable enough description? Uh, you can't have those in clear view of children. And otherwise, you can do the parade. And instead of doing the parade, they decided to, okay, no, we're just going to cancel the whole thing. Now, what does that say about what your values are? What does that say about what you think about your pride parade? What does that tell the average person that's capable of thought about what your actual intentions are? Who is your target? What are you actually trying to do? It's the same thing with Drag Queen Story Hour. It's the same thing with Disney After Dark. It's the same thing with all of these folks. They are targeting the children for a reason, and this is also targeting the children. So I'm sorry, you can allege all you want that there's a misrepresentation of the medical knowledge. You can uh, allege all you want that there's a misrepresentation of the scientific knowledge. But in fact, it's your side, the side that you're defending, the side that is trying to cause lifelong harm to children at a point in time where they haven't even had an opportunity to decide, to know for themselves, to know with any certainty what their sexual identity is going to be, because they haven't even, and in some of these cases, the folks they're targeting, haven't even gotten to puberty, let alone started it. You can make all these, and I'm sorry, but you've got to stop using the term gender-affirming care, because it's anything but. 
It's gender-denying actions. There's no care involved. None. You're just pretending to. Now, the lawsuit cites the standards of care of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Now, there's a source for you. They are, of course, a leading advocate for sex changes for minors. Uh, they set the standards of care for those with the uh, issues with gender identity. They, they set this standard back in 2022, recommending castration as a treatment option. In creating these guidelines, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, they used information from a eunuch archive, which contained fantasies of child castrations, pedophilia, and sexual torture. They used this as part of their guidelines. Of course, by me telling you the truth on this matter, by trying to make sure that you're aware of it, now I'm propagating misinformation. But you know what? My misinformation a lot, a lot like the majority of what is fact-checked on social media as being misinformation, is actually more information, and it's their side of the argument that tends to be miss or dis, because it's far from accurate. Now, their statement, of course, means that this emergency rule, therefore, is arbitrary and it is capacious for failing to consider these stakeholders' legitimate reliance interest in avoiding higher compliance costs. Higher compliance costs? What? What about the actual health and well-being of the children that are going to be mutilated by these actions? Shouldn't that be a concern? In fact, shouldn't that be a primary concern? I mean, call me old-fashioned, but isn't the protecting of the kids, shouldn't that be the first priority? The most important one? I mean, protect the rights of all individuals. But how do you define a right? Do you have the right to mutilate yourself? At what point in time do you actually have those rights? Do minors have rights? The answer there is yes. Yes, minors have rights. Do they have the full legal competence to exercise those rights? No. No, we understand that a lack of maturity equals a lack of capacity to enter into a contract. We recognize that the lack of maturity, uh, by definition, requires that we cannot entrust the same responsibilities to minors that you should be able to entrust to adults. You notice I use the qualifier should be because we all know some adult that, uh, well, they never really became mature. So it's obviously a flawed system, but we know the children aren't ready. We know that children as young as seven and eight are being targeted by some of these folks. May not be what the ACLU of Missouri is trying to protect, but at the end of the day, Missouri needs to go ahead and move forward with actual legislation and stop playing the, the patty cake game 
with an emergency rule. Okay, put the emergency rule in place until you can, you know, it's a stopgap until you can pass legislation. Okay, fine, fair enough. But under what legal ground does the ACLU actually make these allegations? Because it sounds like baseless allegations that are only designed to promote the idea that we should be out here chemically castrating and surgically mutilating children. And I keep getting pushback and from the squishy, sort of just slightly right of center folks that listen to the show. You've got to stop describing it that way. Why? Why do I have to stop describing it that way? Because it is truthful. That is what you're doing in these cases. You are either chemically castrating or you are surgically mutilating. And again, I'm going to tell you, if you are an adult and you decide this is the route you feel like you need to take, I still wouldn't recommend it. I'm not going to be somebody that's going to sing your praises for having done it. But at 18, you are legally an adult and you get to make those choices because you're the one who has to live with the ramifications. You're the one who has to face the consequences. It's that simple. But if you are under 18, not only should you not be permitted to do these things, there should be laws in place to protect you from the predators who would do this to you. And in this case, I'm not talking about groomers who want to bring you into their fantasies. I'm talking about the medical predators that want to get you on the hook to have to stay on hormone therapies for the rest of your life, that have to continue to take certain treatments depending on what transition you made for the rest of your life. They have you on the hook. You never get to stop treatments once you start down this path. And it's a way that they keep you paying them big bucks for the remainder of your life over something that they should have never permitted in the first place. And they know once you're an adult, you probably will know better. Actual gender dysphoria typically goes away after puberty, period. And this social contagion we see going on right now, it's not actual gender dysphoria, which just makes it that much harder for the folks that are actually suffering from gender dysphoria to get the help they need. Let's reset the hour. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. A blue state clan taught to praise the little man, told that union saved the working class. He was raised a red state son to love the flag and own a gun, warned about the greed within the mass. They met beneath the moonlit sky, a college party drunk and high, and when they had degrees, they said their vows. He he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes.
freedom, personal freedom, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Well, every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. There's three minutes of our lives we're never getting back. Yes, indeed, Joe Biden has officially announced via video that he is running for re-election. Now, there's been some debate. We've uh, had some serious ongoing questions in regards to exactly how long we could expect it to be before Joe Biden officially announced. And then, of course, going into this Last weekend, there was a big kerfuffle that, okay, well, Joe is definitely going to be announcing this week. And we started getting word it could possibly be as early as Tuesday. And so Tuesday came, and there it is. There's the announcement uh, via three-minute video with a lot of clips, a lot of showing Kamala Harris, a lot of showing a lot of people that want to be seen in these videos. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all about the Biden administration. Woo! 
uh, a little uh, Kentucky Brown Jackson, Justice Jackson now, thank you very much, Tim. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely a very pitifully packaged video and, and script. Uh, part of me thinks the reason they kept postponing the announcement and postponing the announcement is because it took so long to get Joe to be able to read that script and still have it sound like for and Xi Jinping and my pudding. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. President. We're going to have to try that again. And, and there's no such thing as, as your children. What? Let's finish the job. <laughs> so, bits and pieces took a while. And part of the reason I didn't start off in the first hour with that is because uh, it's insignificant. They literally dropped it overnight. If you stayed up late enough on Monday night, you got to hear it as we transitioned into Tuesday. So, technically, it was a Tuesday release, or at least I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, but uh, overnight, and everybody's like, oh, well, here's the announcement. And uh, like most of us, we're all very unimpressed, uh, underimpressed. It's it's not a, a big deal. And I don't think we can expect this, the kind of fanfare. It's not like he was going to do a big rally anyway. A rally would have been disappointing but uh, revealed this, the truth about how much the Democrats like it. And, and the more and more I think about it, the more I tend to think our guest from last Friday night is probably on to something. Uh, Joe Biden is not likely to make it. They don't have anybody else in the bullpen. I think if anyone is going to actually make it, a race out of this, it's going to have to be <clears throat> Michelle Obama. Not rooting for it. Don't want it. Certainly don't think it's a good idea. But I do think as far as all the possible names and all possible contenders, she would have the best possibility of running regardless of who gets the nomination from the Republican side. Uh, I, I realized, before I get into this next bit that I'm going to talk about, that I went into the housekeeping after the first break, and I didn't read anything to you about the message from our second sponsor. So I'm going to read theirs twice this hour to accommodate it. So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do four Patriots right before the break, uh, mid-hour, and then do this again right after the mid-hour break. Uh, it's important that you understand this, because what we're talking about is this not-so-secret secret bailout that's going on right now, starting to look an awful lot like 2008 all over again. We see banks collapsing. We see executives taking these fat bonuses, and the whole while, the, whole while, the White House is running to their rescue, not ours. While regular people like you and me are struggling, we're having a hard time paying our bills, and we certainly can't afford to keep gas in our uh, gas tanks. Then suddenly the Biden administration has the nerve to bail out these people, places like Silicon Valley Bank, where the majority of the money for the bailout went to just 10 accounts, where some of the most wealthy people in the country got the bailout, and several people with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party got the bailouts. And uh, guess who's paying for that? Oh, do I need to play the theme from Jeopardy? Give you 60 seconds? No. No, you know. You are. I am. We are. 
It's us. We're paying for it. But the good news is you don't have to play their game anymore. You, in fact, can opt out of the system and move your cash into gold and silver right now before it's too late. Uh, give Gold Co. a call at 855-387-2932 and learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse before the White House comes and takes it all away. Call 855-387-2932 now and learn how you could get up to $10,000 worth of bonus silver while supplies last. One more time, that number is 855-387-2932. Give Gold Co. a call right now. Or if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, there will be a link in the show description. So by all means, please check it out. Now, the reason I said just a moment ago that there may still yet be questioned as far as who the Republican nominee will be is because Donald Trump manages to keep angering regular everyday conservatives. The former president faced a lot of backlash from conservatives uh, this past week after using some far-left organizations and media to attack Ron DeSantis. Now, we know he's been going after DeSantis for a while now, a man who's, I think, is all but in at this point, but has not officially entered the race. And there's nothing wrong with being proactive once you are pretty certain he's going to get in. Now, I'm not a big fan of attacking anybody who's not actually in the race, and I'm certainly not a big fan of trying to pull the same type of attacks that he did in the previous nomination process uh, when he attacked, you know, Ted Cruz and, and all the other folks except for Ben Carson. Ben Carson, I think, is the only person that ran against him that he didn't attack, and that's just because Ben Carson stayed polite and never attacked him uh, either. But regardless of all that, you know, you want to go after Marco Rubio, okay? You want to talk about uh, Ted Cruz, okay? The dirty little secret there is most of those attacks that were so ridiculous and over the top were directed at people that most of the base really didn't want to get the nomination anyway. And in some cases, a majority of the folks just flat out didn't like. Now, nobody wants to talk about that, but it is true. The thing here is Donald Trump is not able to attack Ron DeSantis from the right. So he's now using sources, many of which that have attacked him personally, and that he's referred to quite frequently as being fake news. He's using these folks to attack Ron DeSantis. And in the process, he's also making it harder for Republicans across the country to make any actual legitimate efforts at reforming some of the programs like Social Security that need to be reformed if they're going to survive. Trump used data from the National Low-Income Housing Coalition and the Florida Policy Institute to attack DeSantis for allegedly leading the state, quote, to tumble into complete and total delinquency and destruction. Now, I live in Tennessee. I visit Florida as frequently as I can afford to, which admittedly uh, has not been very much lately. 
but I've always enjoyed visiting various parts of the state, especially Jacksonville in particular. My wife really likes uh, One Ocean. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, what's not to like, it's a great uh, place. But Trump literally says that the real DeSantis record is one of misery and despair. He has left a wake of destruction all across Florida, and people are hurting because he has spent more time playing public relations games instead of actually doing the hard work needed to improve the lives of the people he represents. Now, I have a hard time uh, seeing any evidence of that. But is that necessary for campaign speeches? Eh, probably not. Of course, Trump's remarks comes as more Americans have moved to Florida over the last few years, including Trump himself, than any other state in the country, in large part due to the freedoms and uh, the protections that have been offered by the state, especially during the pandemic. Uh, that was on DeSantis's watch. In fact, Trump attacked DeSantis for opening up too soon. Everybody seems to forget that Trump was very wrong about how to deal with COVID. Uh, DeSantis kind of hit back talking about uh, what leadership actually looks like as opposed to delegating it to people that might have a different agenda. Important to remember, though, that when we're talking about the uh, NLIHC, that it's an organization that is dedicated to achieving racially and socially equitable public policy. And the Florida Policy Institute is a left-leaning organization that claims to be nonpartisan. There are other reports that the NLIHC, in fact, was a pro-transgender nonprofit that's part of a coalition of progressive organizations, the Alliance for Justice, AJF, which happens to be backed by George Soros. These are the people that Trump is using to provide data and information. In fact, Trump posted an article on social media, over on True Social, of course, from Joy Reid to attack the Senate. I mean, if you're going to talk about fake news, Joy Reid from over on MSNBC, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So, he did get some backlash, in fact, rather intense backlash for a little bit online, over the statements that uh, he posted promoting the far-left's attack. Uh, even Buck Sexton got involved. It is insane. Uh, I'm not going to go any further into any of that, other than to just say that it's just nuts. <coughs> Excuse me. It's nuts. And, you know, you're not going to maintain the conservative base if you keep doing this kind of thing. So if you want to keep conservatives on the Trump trade, uh, Mr. President, maybe you stop attacking from the left. Maybe you just acknowledge that uh, there's some things about DeSantis you don't like and that what you really want is, uh, well, you know, what you really want is for DeSantis to not run because he is probably the only Republican that has a realistic chance of beating you in the primary. That's really what you need to be honest about. 
All right, let's talk a little bit now about Hunter Biden. See, there's a couple of stories here, and I'm going to try to merge them into one because they're really kind of uh, merged together anyway, but uh, let's talk about them. See, Joe Biden, like I said, like we played right off the top of the second hour, he's officially announced that he is, in fact, running for re-election. An Arkansas judge announced Monday that his son is done running from accountability. Uh, one of the stories that broke over the weekend was that evidently Hunter Biden was hanging out at the White House more than ever and was traveling with Joe uh, when he went to Ireland, not just to pick up bags of cash, which, of course, we know he was picking up bags of cash because that's what he does, but it would appear that he's also just hiding out from Arkansas Family Court. See, the Honorable Holly L. Meyer of the 16th Judicial Circuit Court of Arkansas has officially ordered one Mr. Hunter Biden to appear at the Independence County Courthouse in Batesville on May 1st, as well as for all subsequent hearings pertaining to his ongoing paternity case. This, of course, was reported by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So Hunter is done running from his accountability. He's been ordered to show up in person. Uh, his attorneys are no longer going to be able to just pause and move back and forth. Quoting here uh, from the Honorable Myers, from now on, I want both of your clients at every hearing I conduct. Myers, of course, talking to both attorneys. I will no longer allow us to excuse clients because it is interfering with the progress of litigation, which is taking way too long to get over simple points. Sounds like the judge is getting a little angry. The matter at hand is Hunter Biden's apparent desire to pay less in child support for the daughter that he sired out of wedlock back in 2018 with former stripper London Roberts. Now, I love the fact that everybody keeps pointing out that Miss Roberts is a former stripper. Now, they do this not to belittle Miss Roberts, but to belittle Hunter Biden, because <laughs> that's the intent. These are the people he was hanging out with, and this is what he was doing. He's getting strippers pregnant. She stopped stripping since she was able to start uh, legally receiving child support from a Biden. Now, you can preclude or assume whatever you want to from that. Uh, I'm not trying to cast any dispersions. I'm just saying she was able to make a life change for the better. And for that, I applaud her. However, it is shameful and ridiculous that at this point, paternity has been established. And there seems to be a, a bit of a custody issue going on now that uh, Hunter no longer seems to be denying that the child is his. But there's still not an official acknowledgement that this child is a Biden. Now, following the birth of Navy Joan Roberts, 
Biden, of course, denied being the father initially. A paternity test later proved he is, in fact, the father. He had his Maury Povich moment. You are the father. With near scientific certainty, uh, which, of course, is the best that they can do, and then refused Robert's pleas to help care for the child. Consequently, Robert sued him in an Arkansas court, which is what you should do when you've got someone capable of paying a tremendous amount of money but is going to be just a big giant deadbeat instead. Now, the Blaze reported that, the, that Biden defied the resulting court order to turn over financial information relevant to the case, refusing also to provide a list of the companies that he owned or had an ownership interest in, uh, companies like Rosemont Seneca Partners, yeah, just randomly picking one. The uh, $2.4 billion private equity firm that uh, he founded with former Secretary of State John Kerry's stepson, Christopher Hines. And, of course, he also refused to provide a list of all his sources of income. Uh, just FYI, Hunter, the way it works in most of these family courts, you're not actually required to turn over sources of income that aren't legal. They don't expect you to incriminate yourself. Just all the legal ones, or at least the ones that you're using to appear legal. Now, you refuse to do it because the amount of child support this guy would end up having to pay, well, we'll just say it's substantial. So naturally, he's just ignored it. And so he's been hiding out at the White House. And the court order has been issued now, though. It doesn't matter where you're hiding. Uh, they're going to continue to try to avoid being served. But this is part of making this court order so public. Now, in order to avoid a contempt charge, Biden agreed to pay child support retroactively to November of 2018. And in January of 2020, Roberts and Biden agreed on temporary child support. Judge Meyer then subsequently ordered that these payments were to continue indefinitely and to be paid on the first of each month. The court order uh, setting Biden's monetary obligation to Roberts and their daughter were filed under seal on March 12th of 2020, approximately one year after he reportedly resigned from the board of Burisma. Of course, that being the energy exploration holding company based in Ukraine, where he was making roughly $50,000 a month. You know, to be an energy about expert, uh, to be, let me try that again, to be an expert about energy, of which he knows nothing about. Uh, Biden distributed the status quo, and, well, I'm sorry, disturbed the status quo in September of 2022, figuring he might be able to strike a new deal, one in which he would pay less in child support for the daughter uh, that neither he nor his father Joe have actually ever even met. Now, the president's middle-aged son, that being Hunter, asked Judge Meyer, to recalculate his child support payments, citing, quote, a substantial material change in his financial circumstances, including but not limited to his income. Now, Clint Lancaster, Robert's lawyer, suggested that Biden's efforts to pay less might prove costly, saying, quote, ultimately, this is going to require us to look deeply, more 
deeply into Hunter's finances. So, what does this actually mean? Well, lawyers for Roberts argued in a Friday filing that Biden should be thrown in the uh, local jail until such time as he complies with the court order to hand over documents pertaining to his financials. Uh, this according to the Daily Mail. According to Lancaster, Biden has been, quote, flaunting the dignity and authority of the court by failing to satisfy discovery rules, uh, by ignoring deadlines, and everything that was laid out and specified back in the February 22nd hearing. In two months, the defendant has provided no additional discovery, not so much as one single item or word, and has failed to supplement his answers at the court's directive. Now, this is all coming from Lancaster, uh, the attorney for the plaintiff, the baby mom, the former stripper. Lancaster also added that uh, in filing, saying, there is no valid excuse or justification for the defendant's failure to provide the required disclosures as the court has granted every single protective order that the defendant has asked for since the inception of this case. The defendant is playing games with this court. If the court would not lock Biden up, Robert's lawyer then wrote that it should instead sanction the defendant as appropriate and just. Noting that the first son, which seems odd considering Hunter was not the firstborn, I just know that he's the son of the president. He's the first son. It's a terrible title. Anyway, noting that the first son should be ordered to appear, and has been at this point. An episode during the Zoom hearing uh, this past Monday with attorneys for Biden and Roberts appear to have made Meyer's decision easier to make. On the call, Brent Langdon, Biden's attorney in the case, tiptoed around the matter of the controversial Hunter Biden laptop, whereon income tax records are allegedly saved. <coughs> and that's where the second part of the story comes into play. It becomes almost a different story, because now not only is the judge in the case requiring Hunter to show up in person, moving forward, but is also going to require some answers in regards to this laptop. Now, the Democrat Gazette reported that Langdon referenced the laptop that Biden had abandoned at the Delaware computer shop back in 2019 in relation to a potential expert witness in the case. There has never been, to my knowledge, I'm quoting now, uh, to my knowledge, an acknowledgement that this so-called laptop, he continuously calls it Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Now, again, this is his attorney claiming that, oh, well, as far as I know, there's not been an acknowledgement that it is, in fact, Hunter's, even though Hunter has acknowledged that it was his laptop. Judge Myers interjected at this point, said, well, let's clear this issue up right now. Is it your client's laptop or not? Langdon's response, Your Honor, I'm not involved in all of that stuff. It's not my client's laptop as far as I know. 
The judge pressed on the matter, emphasizing that she holds clients to what their lawyers say in court. Is your client's position, you're representing to this court, that it is not his laptop? Langdon, of course, answered, Your Honor, I'm not in a position to even begin to answer that question. Well, guess what that means, boys and girls. Evidently, tired of playing cat and mouse, Judge Meyer therefore ordered Biden to Arkansas and indicated that both parties have to comply fully with discovery requests by May 22nd. The trial was scheduled for July 24th through 25th. Biden will also face grilling in a June de deposition about his foreign entanglements and various business ventures. So, basically, he's kind of stepped in. What we're seeing is a set of circumstances where Hunter Biden, by trying to avoid a, any type of responsibility for this child that is clearly his, it's been proven, he may end up costing way more. It, <laughs> I think it's a testament to where we are at as a civilization, where we are at with our judicial system, when we may discover more truth about the laptop from hell and exactly how twisted Hunter Biden really is through a family court as opposed to a criminal court, despite the fact that there clearly is a lot of criminal behavior at play. All right, let's take the mid-hour break, but right before we do, uh, let me do this one little thing that I really ought to do, and that's talk to you about forpatriots.com. Now, the reason I need to talk to you about forpatriots.com is because you need, not, not just should, but you need, absolutely need, to stock up, create your own stockpile of the four Patriot survival food kits. We're talking about survival food kits that are hand-packed in the USA. Kits that are compact, they stack easily, they have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. So if you have to eat them for an extended period of time, you don't have to worry about getting burned out eating the same thing over and over again. And they have a ton of five-star reviews that absolutely rave about the flavor of this. Now, why, you may ask, why, Tim, do you say that we need to stock up now? Well, first and foremost, it never hurts to have a backup supply of food that's shelf-stable for up to 25 years, that tastes great, that's going to be able to get you through a crisis or an emergency. Never a bad reason to have it. Lots of good reasons. But one of the best reasons right now is just looking at what China is doing. China is hoarding massive amounts of food. There's no question. They are preparing for global food shortages. That's what they're doing. So if China's doing it, probably a pretty good indicator that we should be preparing for the worst. After all, they are the canary in the coal mine when it comes to food shortages at the global level. And global food shortages means exactly that, global. China's been the number one importer of food for a very long time. 
they need to make sure that they've got enough to feed their folks, at least enough so to avoid civil uprising. So what's that mean for average everyday Americans like you and me? Well, just what I said, food shortages. So be prepared. Stockpile, build up, prepare for the worst while you're hoping for the best. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing in the code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. So go on over to 4Patriots.com, use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food. That's the number 4Patriots.com. Use promo code TAP. That's what you need to do right now. Don't hesitate. And uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. The Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution states that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy public trial. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The penalty for trespassing on government property like the United States Capitol Building is six months in jail, plus $1,000 maximum penalty. Yet, Americans who went into the U.S. Capitol Building on January 6th have been detained for more than 10 months. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and five other representatives have discovered that those still locked up have possibly been physically abused and in some cases denied medical care. Allegedly, authorities are committing misprison of felony by knowing about certain individuals being put in solitary confinement before being indicted. I urge you to join me in contacting our representatives now and demand the January 6 Americans be released today. Thank you, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, for checking in on those still locked up while the Biden regime abuses this entire republic every single day. I'm Ron Edwards. If you want the best coffee ever, simply go to theronedwards.com and place your order now for Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. 
Hi, I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50-yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. When her long hair's blowing out a roll-down window My old truck shines like a brand new limo I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots She's like an August day when you're bailing hay And that lemonade hits the spot She's fun and free, lets me be me She's a real cool kind of hot Yeah, real cool kind of hot All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. That doesn't seem near as brief as it used to be. In fact, at some point in the near future, I may have to start weeding some of these items out of there. And that's a shame. Um, real quick, want to give a shout out to a local establishment here in Roan County. Uh, one of the packaging stores, Wright Spirits in Midtown which is 
just what it sounds like. It is stuck right in the middle between Harriman, Kingston, and Rockwood. Uh, if you're familiar with Warren County at all, you know what I mean. If you're not, then you're just scratching your head and you don't really care. But the reason it's a big deal is they are carrying the Boone's Bourbon. First location in Roan County to start doing it. I don't have to drive to Knoxville anymore. Of course, I would have totally kept driving to Knoxville because it is a fantastic bourbon. I love it. Yes, I do own an equity stake. And yes, I do stand to benefit the more successful they are. But that's beside the point here. I, I The same thing with Einstock. Uh, the Einstock uh, beer, I there are flavors there. I'm not much of a beer drinker, but I enjoy some of the things that they're doing. They're craft beer. Drink like a Viking rather than like a little girl or a guy who thinks he's a girl. But then here with the Boone's Bourbon, as far as a high-proof bourbon is concerned, it is awesome. So shout out to the local business establishment for doing it. And for those of you that are here locally, uh, please go support uh, this establishment for bringing you some of the better stuff that a lot of the other... Spirit stores in the area just won't, for whatever reason. All right, that having been said, <clears throat> I do need to give you one more reading from our good friends with uh, Golka. And the reason for that, of course, is, you know, as a sponsor, they expect me to uh, mention them at least once an hour. And I got caught up with the housekeeping announcement at the end of the first break and didn't bring that to you. So, at the top of this hour, and then right here. So, we'll, we'll make it up. They'll get their two mentions per broadcast. Uh, I don't just mention them to mention them, though. And I, while I am certainly happy that they are a sponsor, uh, they do offer a quality product, and I would really like for you to at least give them a call or click the link that'll be in the show description and check out the three steps. Uh, get your free wealth protection kit that they offer that describes everything that they'll do and offer to you. Uh, they do offer other precious metals as well, not just gold and silver. Uh, just check them out. It's a great service that they offer. And when it comes to these folks that do the precious metal uh, type of investments, I don't think I've seen a company that has more uh, positive ratings with the Better Business Bureau than these folks do. There's some other big names that have been around for a while, been in the business. Um, most of them also do a good job, but they don't have the same percentage of positive uh, Better Business Bureau ratings. I mean, they just don't. An objective fact. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're paying me to tell you about the not-so-secret secret Fed bailout that's been going on. Uh, it's still going on, but they're refusing to talk about it too much. We are seeing a lot of things that are looking, not just the bank bailouts, but a few other things as well. It's looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again. We do see banks collapsing. We see executives that are taking huge bonuses. And the White House, of course, eh, they're not so much worried about us. They're worried about their friends, uh, their contributors, their donors. 
So they're off riding to their rescue while regular people like you and me continue to struggle, uh, having a hard time paying the bills. And believe me, that is something that is happening, which is all the more reason why I would very much like for you to support these companies that are supporting the show. (laughs) Uh, It's a plus. So we're having a hard time paying the bills. We're certainly, certainly having a hard time keeping our tanks filled with gas. That's only going to get worse as we start feeling the pinch from the reduced production from OPEC as uh, gas prices are starting to spike again. And suddenly Biden has the nerve to bail out every one of these uber-wealthy folks, and many of them with direct ties to the CCP to boot. And guess who's paying for all that? Don't have to work too hard. Don't have to take very many guesses. You've got it right off the bat. You are. I am. We are. That's the bill we get stuck paying. But, uh, you know, the good news in this particular instance is you don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of that particular part of the system. You can move your cash into gold and silver right now. Do it before it's too late. Give Gold Co. a call at 855-387-2932. And when you make that call, you'll get to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. Do it before the White House rolls in and literally takes everything away. And believe me, uh, Joe Biden is on that particular path if we don't do something to stop him. Call 855-387-2932 right now and learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver uh, while supplies last. One more time, that number is 855-387-2932. 2932. Give our friends at Gold Co. a call. Find out how they can help you protect yourself and your family from financial ruin, financial collapse, destruction, calamity, and the Joe Biden agenda. All right, final story of the day as, uh, as I'm looking at all these different things to talk about and trying to find things that weren't getting as much attention as I thought they should. We're now stepping outside of the United States for just a little bit because this is a kind of European insanity that the leftist here in places like California, New York, and Illinois, uh, they get so jelly that they're not already doing. Uh, We'll probably see it seep over into Canada first, and then they'll start trying to push it here. Make no mistake. Officials in the Netherlands are expanding the availability of... Life termination for children between 1 and 12 years of age. Now, if we're not using euphemisms, what we would say in plain English is uh, they're expanding the availability of murdering your children. Now, the European nation will soon permit doctors to euthanize children deemed to have conditions which will lead to hopeless and unbearable suffering. Uh, There's quotations around that, I hope you noticed. Uh, According to an announcement from the Dutch government that was released earlier this month, officials claimed that the new policy only concerns, quote, a small group of terminally ill children whose palliative care options 
are not sufficient to relieve their suffering and who are expected to die in the foreseeable future. Now, I uh, I have a little problem with that last part of the statement because exactly who is not expected to die in the foreseeable future? Um, last time I checked, no one has mastered immortality yet. <clears throat> If anybody has, they're certainly keeping that secret uh, well hidden. Uh, they haven't made it public. Maybe some rich fat cat like George Soros is on the verge of getting there. But for the majority of people, we all are expected to die in the foreseeable future. But we're back to that euthanasia argument again, and while you can make the quality of life argument, my problem has always come back around to who's getting to do the deciding? Who decides what is a hopeless and unbearable situation? How much suffering is unbearable suffering? How do you make that call? I mean, I don't want anyone to have to suffer. I don't want anyone to be in any long-term pain. But at the same time, I don't believe that euthanasia is a viable option to end it. I constantly hear the arguments from the folks that support it. It's about dying with dignity. And I get it. There are certain circumstances, there are certain situations where maybe... You can legitimately make that argument, but I still don't feel good about it. Now, do I have any moral right to tell you that uh, you should or shouldn't do this? Well, technically, no. No, uh, I am not the authority that gets to show up and tell you. I am, however, as a conservative who believes in the sanctity of life, someone that feels compelled to remind you that life is a gift. Even the most miserable and one filled with suffering, it's still a gift. I do believe that we all have a purpose in this world. And I also believe that regardless of what you may be suffering from, there is always hope of a miraculous miracle. Now, that feels a little redundant because it is, but, uh, you know, miracles happen. They are real. They occur. And especially if you use a definition similar to what the left was, uh, a situation where an event occurs that has no logical explanation. It defies the expectations of experts. Miracles happen. Now, I believe in the divine. I know that not all of you do. And so, fair enough. The Dutch health minister, in the announcement, said, quote, This is a very complex subject that deals with very harrowing situations. Situations you wouldn't wish on anyone. So, so far, we're in agreement. I am pleased that 
after intensive consultation with all parties involved, we have come to a solution with which we can help these terminally ill children, their parents, and also their practitioners. Mm, my agreement went away. And I don't relish the idea of anybody suffering, and that's always going to be where folks from the left come swinging from this. How dare you? These children have a right to die with dignity. I'm going to throw out the name that I have promised a long time ago to randomly include in broadcasts. It's not so random in this instance, and it's been a while since I mentioned the name, but here it is, Charlie Gard. Charlie Gard is the poster child of why socialized medicine should never be allowed to exist, at least not in a modern nation. Charlie Gard had a terminal illness, a mitochondrial disorder that's genetic that there's currently no treatment for. And the argument that the health service in the UK used to prevent Charlie's parents from exercising their parental rights and taking Charlie out of the country to let him try experimental treatments was the argument that the child should be allowed to die with dignity. But what about the child's right to fight for life? What about the child's right to take one step closer, to, to take every last breath they can in an effort to find a way to survive? What about that? He's got a right to that as much as he has a right to dignity. And unfortunately, in Charlie's case, he was too little to express which he would prefer. So what happens to parental rights? Well, in the case of socialized medicine being the place, Parental rights go out the window, which is, of course, what the left is trying to do. That was the whole purpose of Joe Biden's little flub up uh, over the last couple of days where he was saying, there's no such thing as your children. Uh, yes, yes, there are. And you need to recognize it. So, yes, it's a complex situation. But this new policy also seeks to loosen requirements for physicians who attempt to euthanize children since they already, quote, feel reluctance to perform late terminations of pregnancy or termination of life in newborns, meaning we should be allowed to do this because we weren't able to do late-term murder of preborn baby humans. The left euphemistically refers to that as abortion. Uh, the government formally required doctors to demonstrate before a committee that the administration of assisted suicide occurred with, quote, due care, after which the committee sent the assessment to the public prosecution service, where officials would decide whether to initiate a criminal investigation. Officials will now consolidate the committee process and forward the case to the Public Prosecution Service without medical files, meaning that the agency must base any criminal investigations exclusively on the judgment of the assessment committee, meaning they don't get to have outside medical professionals take another look. Other experts who are not on board with the going ahead and murdering of these children don't get to look, don't get a, a second opinion. There's no... Uh, possibility of a different diagnosis. 
no possibility that some medical professional will say, well, this may not even be this at all. It could be something completely different. You may have that aha Dr. House moment where, okay, we thought we were treating this. Turns out we should have been treating this instead because this is what it actually was, and this is treatable. No, we don't get to have any of that. And the people that make the decision whether or not these assisted suicides, whether or not they're criminal or not, they don't get the benefit of having those medical records to have some other outside third party take a look at it and give an also honest but qualified medical opinion. Now, the announcement from the Dutch government did not specify what role parents of the children play in determining whether euthanasia will be administered. Current law allows children to request euthanasia from the age of 12, even as parental consent is mandatory until the age of 16. This is the madness that we're dealing with in the world. They don't want to acknowledge what rights the parents will have, what parental rights will have. As long as you have a government that would rather perform euthanasia, that would rather perform assisted suicide, that would rather murder pre-born baby humans for any excuse whatsoever, or maybe not even have an excuse, there can be no belief in the sanctity of life. And when you do not put value on life, what else could possibly matter? It is the destruction of everything Western civilization has built, and it's built some pretty daggum good stuff. It, it's a bad thing, guys. That's where I'm leaving it at. And I've got to leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through the end. And remember, do not take my word for it. Don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights in 